Hey guys, uh, welcome to the very first episode of Attacking the Peloton. I am your uh, co-host Enrique and I'm here accompanied with one of my best friends, William Rojas. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're just uh, very excited to bring you guys uh, this concept. We have been thinking about it for a couple months now and we've had it on the table here but we haven't really collected our thoughts gone through with it and uh, we just decided to say YOLO and get it done. So this is going to be our segment, hopefully long term, um, where we'll be providing content with local group ride information here in the, the Orlando area or, you know, just really anything cycling related, maybe not cycling related. Um, but uh, First yeah. things first, we're going to start with some intros. Um, so I'll go ahead and start first. So my name is William Rojas. A lot of people know me. Um, usually on the bike, they see me. Um, uh, I have a you know a couple followers on this. Uh, was it? Uh, What's it called? Strava. Strava. Wow. I have a couple of followers on Strava, um, and uh, basically, uh, I started cycling when first I started running. Uh, and I also played soccer. So I started running, I fell in love with my wife, and then I started playing soccer, and then I hurt my knee, and I always wanted to get in the sport of cycling, but I knew how expensive it was. Very, very expensive. So I didn't want to pull the trigger right away, and then I had no choice but to do it because I was getting fat. So from there, I decided to start riding. I bought a motorbicane with Shimano Claris. Yeah, horrible fucking group set. The worst of the worst. And then from there, I went to, a month later, I got sick and tired of it. I was riding with, um, um, right here with- uh, Eastside. Eastside. Shout out to Eastside. Um, I was riding with the Eastside and I rode with the C Group and I saw everybody had beautiful, amazing bikes and I got super jealous. So then I went to Advanced Cycles and I picked up a BMC. And then from there, I started riding a lot, a lot, a lot, doing centuries, losing a lot of weight. I think I used to weigh 220. I went from 220 to all the way down to 180 at one point, 175. Um, but now I'm back up to probably close to 195, 200. Any case, uh, I've been slacking a little bit. Definitely happens. But um, sometimes you need a break, you know what I mean? So. Then after that, I went into riding with um, UCF. I started racing for cycling nights. We Go traveled. Nights. We started traveling all the way up to Georgia, and uh, all the way up to Georgia. We went all the way up to Georgia to race. It was a good time, but I was still coming in last place. I didn't like it at all. I was riding a fifty thirty four. If anybody knows what that is, it's the smallest chain ring you could have in the front. Okay, mm. and I was. Fall, getting dropped every single race. I got sick and tired of that. Um, I started getting into the cycling industry. I left the industry I was in, which was, I was in the medical field uh, for a little while. I went to the cycling industry. I started learning more and more. Then finally we had, um, I had moved to Advanced Cycles where I uh, worked there for I think three years. And I learned a lot there from Laz and Pedro, um, some of our mentors that we learned from cycling, racing and all that stuff. And I, Lo and behold, I started getting third places, second places, first places, and I just worked my way up the ladder. And then that's where I met Enrique. And go ahead, Enrique. Yeah, so basically, I mean, I've always been cycling, like, I've always been cycling 
pedaling a bicycle my entire life. I mainly started out mountain biking. My dad would get me, uh, you know, I was really just interested in mountain biking and, and it was a lot of fun. And then uh, eventually I ended up getting a fixed gear and, you know, doing the whole fixie thing. Hell yeah. And that's really where I fell in love with it. I mean, Red Hook, like, I was young and I thought Red Hook was really cool. Which Hell yeah. It's funny, we later we later find out that one of our, our, our good friends now, Javi, Javi, uh, Javier Rivera, um, raced it like three times in Brooklyn. Really? Is, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Oh, in Brooklyn he did the one in Brooklyn, not the one in Texas? Wasn't there one in Texas? No, no, it's Brooklyn, Spain, Madrid, or Brooklyn, Madrid, um, a couple. He know. did Madrid? No, he just did Brooklyn. Oh, okay. I think. Oh, you're Bobby, just saying. Let us know. Comment down below if you're if you're listening. Yeah, yeah, and laugh a little bit. We but love I'm, your laugh, I'm buddy. Pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but yeah, he went. He he told me some pretty gnarly stories about that experience. But anyways, that really that got me into cycling, and then uh, and then and then Red Hook really got me into like the race aspect of it, and then I realized that it was just like. I mean, it's cool, but it's just super dangerous. And, and, and then I started realizing that, you know, uh, single speed is, is pretty limiting. I mean, of course, people sit there and say, you know, like, Javi rides, you know, he rides and our group rides with it. But, I mean, to go faster, to do full-blown sprints, to climb, it's just, it makes a lot more sense to have gear. Especially on the road, probably. Yeah, I can imagine on the track being a different story, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, but, you know, there's no tracks here. I think the only one is over in Fort Lauderdale or some shit like that. Miami. South Florida, South Florida, or South Florida. Not close to Orlando. But anyways, I ended up parting ways with the Fixie, and I also sold my drum set at the time. I was doing drumming, so it was kind of like, you know, pick one. You know, when you do too many disciplines or do too many things, you can't get good at one thing. So I, I decided to opt out of the drumming, sold that, sold my leader, um, Fixie, and then I got my first motor cane, um uh, road bike, which was crazy. I think it was aluminum with like Altegra ten speed. Hell yeah, pretty pretty Fancy. baller for the time. And and it's funny because I didn't even understand uh, uh, what, what yeah group set or like the the caliber yeah. of, of bicycle that I had at the time. But then uh, later on down the road, I sold it um, to get my first real eleven speed one hundred five CAD ten. Um, yeah, so John, shout out John Erd and his family for letting me uh, do a payment. I remember that bike. Um, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, then after that, um, I joined Advanced after being in the bike scene for a little bit. And um, I got put on a Focus, went through that one real quick, and then got another Focus and got the pleasure of riding, you know, $12,000 bikes like the Dogma F10 and now I'm on my own Pinarello and uh, yeah so come a very long way it's crazy like I would never think that I would be where I'm at like three years from now but I mean I think a lot of that goes into one of the main points that we're going to touch on today which is um, confidence consistency etiquette there's uh coming into as, as a new rider coming in uh it's there's it can be very overwhelming especially uh if you do end up deciding to go ride with a group um but yeah i mean i think i really want to talk start talking uh touching really mainly on on etiquette different group rides around the area um you know and um i don't know just uh Kind of basic things like that. So, Willie, do you have anything about anything you want to touch on? Maybe I have a question for you, real quick, okay. and uh, just a question like, that has to be related to basically when you started cycling. Mm -hmm. What was like? Go for it. 
the most embarrassing thing that you probably uh, rode with or had put on like as a as a starting cyclist <laughs> so kind of deal besides the fixie photo I have of you. Oh, very with I mean, a if, horrible bike fit. We'll throw that in the comments, or maybe we'll put that picture as like the 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 the, the main picture of the the podcast. Of the podcast or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Dude. I got a lot of shit for that one, but I think I think the biggest thing I did was like I wore, I wore a flannel on a group ride one time. And it just looked like very <laughs> mountain bikery, very like out of like fucking uh, cutting wood kind of shit. <laughs> like I just uh, like uh, I just got done like lumberjacking, <laughs> lumberjacking or whatever. But yeah, it was probably one of the most embarrassing things. It was definitely not roadie, um, and the roadie scene isn't very like not that it's not nice, but it has like uh, you know it has its little you know. You I have to dress know. appropriately, basically. Yeah. You have to have the right cycling swag, I guess, yeah. as you could say, even though the swag is probably so 2013 or 10. But um, It's important. Fashion is very much uh, an it's important a thing. topic in, yeah. in road cycling. Of course, you got to get the lines right on your arms and your legs and shit. That way, when you go to the beach, you're the only person with a farmer's hand and people think that you work uh, outside, but you, <laughs> you actually... Picking hay. Yeah. yeah. So basically, mine yeah, was really. a was a fucking this helmet. It was a Giro helmet, a foray, and it had this uh, visor on it, and it was uh, uh, it was it was pretty bad. I thought it was pretty cool, and then I had these uh, you know like gas station sunglasses that I bought on Amazon. It sounds very commutery, like. Uh... Yeah, it was kind of like a very uh, beginner cyclist. And then John, I remember the guy's name. His name is John Tenney. Shout out to John Tenney okay, who does the air, air, airport uh, time trial. Which is a good uh, event, by the way, guys. Uh, coming up soon, actually. actually. I think you posted the dates recently. Yes. So if you're into TTing, if you're into uh, against, what, oh, what, how do you say in Spanish? Contra el reloj. It's oh, contra it is yeah. a very good against the um, against the clock. Very safe discipline that you can uh, compete and not really be worried about somebody crashing out. Somebody your, crashing your super nice bike, but anyways, we'll support local local racing. Yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit later. But and uh, also, um, what was I gonna say? So I yeah, I had that. What else did I have? Um, I can't think of anything else. Oh, I had these crappy shoes that cost me like $50 to clip in. They were Velcro. I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> Velcro is good to start out with, not for nothing, because you don't know if you're getting into cycling or not. But once you're like more than a year in, you should upgrade your shoe, seriously. Because, it, I mean, we don't walk around with Velcro shoes on still. We used to wear those when we were three years old. Right. So the idea is, is to always progress. And that's where we get into our next topic. So... Our next topic is basically progressing from different groups in, in a group and like a group ride. So from C to B to A, yeah. or what most people do nowadays is they like to distinguish B plus from B, which I think is bullshit because you should probably move up to A if you're in B plus, yeah. uh, because there should be no middle group in between. But anyways, in, in any case, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of group rides within like the Orlando area that I have noticed that have a multitude of riders that are scared to move up. And in my opinion, if you're putting in the effort to ride consistently and get all these miles in, 
you should always try to move up mm -hmm. to the next level. That's the idea behind the whole thing. So you should push yourself beyond your limits. That way you can move up, you know, and, and, and progress in this sport. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. But you have to know where you want to be. Um, and you have to know if you can achieve or be in that group ride. Right. So I think, I think there's another thing is that you have to be very much realistic with yourself um, a lot of guys like me who have this sort of extra energy, they go out to a group ride and, 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 they, uh, and they can and they think that they can, you know, hang in there and that they can, you know, be with the big guys. And in reality, they really, you know, they can't. They just feel good. And I think that's another thing to come to terms with. Um, I think, you know, lying to yourself is not ideal, especially in this sport. It's very dangerous as well. Um, there was a month, there was a month or two last year, where there was a lot of accidents in a lot of different group rides. Now, you know, accidents oh, yeah. are bound to happen, uh, it, whether if it's in the A group, whether it's in the B group, whether it's in the C group. I mean, it doesn't it, matter. It doesn't I fell matter. at 12 miles per hour before. Yeah, literally, that's like not going fast at all. It's almost and, falling over anyways. So, um, and, <laughs> and, and so there is this like, uh, there is this, and, and, you know, and. There was this kind of vibe going on where there people were afraid. People didn't want to come out. People were pointing the A group because you they know, fell one time. Falling, you know, falling it was a massacre. Um, but you know, and I think I think another thing is like Willie was saying, it's very important to if you're committed to the sport, if you're doing your thing, if you're putting, if you if you wait, if you're taking the time to wake up at four or five in the morning to go ride, you know, you want to definitely push your body, but. You want to be careful. So, for example, if you're moving up into another group and you're taking our advice, you know, you, this is a new group for you. you. You have no reason to be in the front of the group. So if you're ever going to move into a new group, which we do support and, you know, we, we advise you to do that if you feel good, sit in the back the first couple group rides. Understand know? how it works, the see, dynamics, you see, know. See the who's who. Who's the rider who's that the you strong want to guy? Who's the right guy to be around? Who do you not want to be behind? Who do you want to make sure that you don't cross paths with because you don't feel comfortable with the riding? You know, you want to read the group ride and you want to read the group ride a couple times until you feel comfortable to then move to the front because... Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of times where there was people that you know got anxious, they got excited, which is all very well and dandy, and then they moved to the front without having that experience, without having the knowledge, and then getting themselves in a situation where they're in a breakaway with three guys, four guys, and they can't hang, and they put the breakaway in a dangerous situation where mm -hmm. you know the guy falls off, causes a crash because he's just so in fatigued. The red. You're in the he's red. So his heart rate is at 180. He's not thinking clearly so you know you don't want to be in that situation and if you ever find yourself in that situation and you're in a group ride it's not the end of the world just fall to the back get your heart rate up relax understand group, understand you know? how it works understand your gearing understand how your body functions in that and that in that intensity of that certain group so I admire people that try to push themselves. I mean, yes. like for instance, this weekend I rode with Eastside and we were pushing it. I mean, I was going probably 31, 28. And there's this, you know, this other guy that was there with us. And he said, wow, you really pushed it kind of hard. And I was like, you know what? That's good. You have to push yourself. Right. You have to do good. That's how you get better in this sport. You know, you have to come to realization too, that if you're not training sufficiently, you can't really... Um, you know, 
you can't really think that magic's going to come and, you know, make you hang on to an A group. It's just, it's just unrealistic and it doesn't work that way. So our advice basically is, is work your way up slowly, but work your way up. Don't be scared. Push yourself. If you're putting in the effort mm-hmm. for this sport, you'll get rewarded and you'll love it. It will be totally worth it. But my advice is if you're in the red, don't be scared to get dropped. I've gotten dropped on the airport oh, ride. Yeah. Enrique's gotten dropped before. Oh, yeah. It happens. It's a part of the sport. It's a little, you feel a little shameful or whatever, but you come out and the next time you come out, that's the best part about endurance sports. Right. You come out the next time and you hit that just as hard as you did the first time. And that's just, that's just number one, man. It's just number one. A good example of somebody that we know, shout out to Brian Pina, Brian our homie from uh, the police at, uh, at, uh, at the airport. Thank good you for guy. serving, by the way. Yeah, good guy, good guy. Military, served uh, as a police officer. We keep in good contact with him all the time, joking. Normal guy. Don't treat him like a police officer. He's a normal guy. But he will arrest you. But he will arrest you. And he does look tough. I mean, I remember uh, just out of a, a little side story. When I first met him, he came out of a, a, of a, a little minivan. And he looked so mean when he came out. <laughs> and I think that was to make up because he was driving around in a minivan. No, just kidding, Brian. You know, I'm just pulling your <laughs> strings. But uh, anyways. Now he's got a truck. It's now he's got a truck. Now, yeah. he, now he doesn't have to come out so aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> too, too far? No, I'm just kidding. So anyways, that guy is a great example because he started from not knowing nothing to like educating himself, forcing himself to like ride every day, hitting the trainer even when he didn't have time to ride outside because he has such a weird schedule. So he always pushed himself to another limit and that's what allowed him to get to the level that he's at. So he started out with a group like me. I started out with Eastside. I always come back to them to visit them. And he does the same thing because that's just where you came from. You mm-hmm. never forget where you came from. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, humble yourself, right? So he came from uh, Central Florida Cycling. Central Florida Cycling. CFC, shout out to CFC. CFC, shout out to CFC. Awesome group. Um, he came from Central Florida Cycling and there were a group that, you know, that were just starting. They're a good group. They stay together, very friendly with each other, treat each other well. Um, you know, just a great group of cyclists. And he started with them and then he graduated up from that level. He pushed himself to a whole nother, you know, uh, a whole nother, you know, bracket. So now right now he's riding with the A's or beyond the A's, the racers. So now he pushed himself to become a racer. So the idea behind this is if you start and you push yourself and train enough, you'll understand what it's what, you know, what 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 limits you could go to and where you can take yourself to. So what about okay, so let's say Enrique for instance, you're riding and all of a sudden you are doing really well in cycling to the point where you're you moved up and you're riding with the racers okay. and there's a breakaway, okay? Okay. You attack the Peloton. So you attack the Peloton and or somebody attacks the Peloton and you go with that move. And what's the etiquette as far as like maybe not attacking the Peloton yet? Let's talk about rotation 
in an A group? How does that work? Even in another group, if there's a headwind, how does that work? What 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 do you do in that situation? Okay, well, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of like go at this with a, a point of view for a person who has just gotten into. Uh, a, gr- a group that maybe is a little bit more advanced, like the next step up, like maybe CDOB or BDRA, uh, and then they get themselves in, in this situation, there is a sort of etiquette. So once you start seeing these groups, you'll start seeing rotations at the front, and it's gonna be either from left to right, and it's gonna be going to rotation, generally depending on the wind. So you're gonna see maybe like a solid six to 10 guys in the front, rotating in like a circular motion and that's basically just keeping the peloton moving it's keeping uh the motion flowing it's keeping uh everybody going forward so let's say you end up you're feeling you're feeling good and you want to hey i want to i want to i want to i want to kiss the front of the group ride i want to i want to see what it's about i, I like what, that i want to see what the rotation is so and you see that people are rotating from the right and then they'll rotate into the left so if you ever catch yourself in that little the little shuttle, the little train that's taking you to the front, and you're already halfway in, I mean, you're committed. If there's people falling to the left or the right of you back, you're committed. I mean, there's no way you can really get out. So in etiquette, in a group ride, you generally want to get to the front and then, you know, either make take your pull if people are taking pulls or pull off to the right so that the person behind you can then come and pull off in front of you. So giving you a draft, giving you time to recover. And then if you decide to get back into the rotation, you can then go back into the rotation. So generally when you're in a group ride uh, and you get put in this situation, you just wanna go ahead and commit, go all the way to the end. You can kiss, so so to speak, kiss the front of the peloton and then rotate off and then have the rotation continue. It's just common courtesy. It's common etiquette. You guys are all riding at the same pace. You guys all have the same goal. So at that point, you identify that and then you just kind of play along with the game. Now, if you're in a race situation and you're, you know, you might not see rotating as much. You might find yourself off the front in a group, in a smaller group of a select five to 10 people, then at that point, it can be a little bit more cutthroat, depending on who's there, depending on if you you have other teammates in the breakaway uh, represented. Um, but generally, you want to work, basically, especially more so in a race situation. Um, I know racing can be very cutthroat, but also you can lose a lot of respect depending on certain actions that you do in certain situations. So we're still on the breakaway situation. If you catch yourself in a breakaway in a race, yes, you can just sit in and kind of take advantage of people, but uh, other people's efforts, but realize that there is going to be consequences to that. You might not make friends in that breakaway who might need you. So I don't know, you want to touch the idea is to have, yeah, the idea is to have class if you're racing Cycling class, basically, kind of like an unwritten thing. So even if you're in a group ride or if you're racing, you want to try to at least rotate a couple of times. So that's the idea behind the whole, uh, like, having class. Um, That way, when you sprint and you beat everybody, it's kind of like, okay, he deserved that kind of deal. Because he put in the work beforehand. Yeah. Now, there's other people out there that just sit in, which is fine because they're supposedly pure sprinters, which is okay. Um, I don't know how you identify that in the amateur world. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, it's possible. You know, so there's going to be people out there that aren't going to rotate. And that's fine. If they have a sprint, if they have a real legitimate sprint where they put out power and nobody can beat them no matter what they do. Okay, so at that point, then yes, you can sit in. Okay, especially if you have a teammate, you have more of a reason to sit in because your teammate is working the front with you. Now, just because... Just because you're sitting in, if you're sitting in, you're sitting in at the back. You're not rotating through. And when the guy in the front, your second wheel, the guy in the front rotates, you rotate with him. No, because then you're killing the brake. You're hurting the brake and giving pain to the everybody in the brake. Right. So yeah. if that happens, it's to be honest, it's just it's just it just makes for an inefficient brake, which means you're burning. You're wasting your energy, and then when you uh, inevitably get caught by the peloton, then there's going to be a counterattack. You're not going to have the legs. So efficiency is is key. You have to know your body. You have to look at your heart rate, understand your heart rate. No, I mean, I don't really look at power that much, to be honest. I look more at my heart rate when I'm fatigued or tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I know my, my max heart rate is 192 and I'm at 180, I'm, like, killing myself trying to stay in the group, you know, right. so that's just an example, but it, it it's a possibility. So yeah. you have to you have to be efficient. You have to understand what's going on. You have to be kind of like in the right uh, zone. If you're in the red, don't don't be there. Leave. Right. If you're yeah. in the red, there's no point in being there. To be honest, no, absolutely not. Yeah. So you have to try to just be in the right place. Speak. You know, understand what's going on, the where the where the wind's blowing, what's going on in the in the group. You know, where the wind's blowing, uh, where you're drafting. You know, stuff like that. Pretty much. I don't know. I mean, that's pretty much it. Just that's kind of like the etiquette in a break. Um, you could kind of follow that up too with like in a group ride. Same deal. Uh, just participate you know right. remember you're only you're make, making yourself stronger yeah that's how you have to treat it it's all about pushing yourself to the limit making your heart rate high you know making your muscles fatigue and then that way you're more used to that feeling right, right. pretty Especially, much and then when you go a race you kind of you know it makes it easier you've been uh seasoned Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't have too much time. I know this is our first episode and uh, we're just kind of starting to sort everything out together. But um, if you guys have uh, any suggestions, if you guys have any uh, ideas for topics, absolutely, we'll be happy to talk to them on here. In the future, we have people that we might have on our podcast talking. Mm-hmm. We have future people maybe talk about stretching, you know, massages, just Everything Gross. combined, maybe bike fits. We're here to provide as much content as we can for you guys. And it doesn't matter. This this is called Attacking the Peloton. And most people might think that it's a racer's podcast. But it, the idea is to attack all sides of cycling. Right. So that way we get the endurance riders. So we might have somebody here that's done 500 miles in one ride. You know, we might have people that have raced. We might have people that have, you know, tackled other things in cycling, mountain biking, maybe even we might dive into. Yeah. The idea is to get as much content as possible. Right. I think we might even have a lawyer out there. Shout out to uh, 
Mr. Mills. Michael Mills, maybe one yes, day sir. we'll meet up with him and talk to him about bike law. You know, so the idea is to try to get as much content as we can to the central Florida area and even the individuals here in Florida in general. So anyways, we're here to help you guys out. It's just it's me and Enrique here and we're here to help you guys out attacking the Peloton. We love you guys. Uh, Shout out to everybody that will support us in this. Mm -hmm. And we hope that you guys have a great time on the bike. Go hit the bike as as much as you can. Take as many miles as you can. It's a new year. Set a goal for yourself. I don't know. Last year you did five. This year do seven. Last year you did seven. This year do ten. You know. Set a goal for yourself, you know, attack the Peloton in your own way, you guys. Yes, thank okay. you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back uh, for episode two. Episode two, and yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Maybe we'll have a little bit of video as well to accompany this. It's me and Enrique, and we're signing off. Have a good night. Later.